You're listening to the Shantyman Podcast, a conversation designed to help those recovering from religion find true faith in the Creator. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Victor Summers sitting across the table from... Sam Rushton. Sam Rushton, Victor Summers, the Shannonman Podcast. Good to have you listening along with us. We're so glad that you're here. I think we have a great uh, discussion that we're going to uh, present to you today. We're calling it Twisted. Twisted. Twisted Sisters. Twisted. No, (laughs) just Twisted. Before we get to that... Twisted Scripture. Oh, wait. Is it just Twisted? Just Twisted. Why twisted. Would you, why would you change the name, the title? <laughs> I gave it the title. The title's fine. All I can think of every time you say that is the band. I know. It's because you're not sanctified. I'm Yet. being sanctified. Yet. I'm not 100% perfectly you're, holy, so what not, is sanctification, You're not quite there Victor? yet. You're just Speaking a, of you're Twisted. Just a bit below Speaking me. Speaking of Twisted. Apparently, we all know Victor's in his pride. <laughs> you know what I need to tell everyone just before we get started? How much? I made myself a beautiful latte just a, f- <laughs> a few short minutes ago. Uh, yeah? And uh, maybe we'll post a picture because I still have it with my latte art. I nailed, and, and you're witness to this. You, you saw my latte. Yeah, it was pretty good. Everyone saw my latte. I was very proud of my latte. <laughs> it is beautiful latte art. What do you mean um, everyone saw your latte? Well, we huh? were, we were having an event down in the cafe, and oh. I proceeded to show everyone my beautiful latte. Wait, so when art. you showed me, it was like cold because you had had it for a couple hours. Well, then. I wanted to save it until you got here so you could see my latte art. Why no, did you freeze it it, then? it. it was not. It was not cold because this is what I want to say. I took a sip too soon and burnt my tongue. Oh, isn't that the worst? So I'm podcasting today with a burnt tongue. Ugh, and I got that. That's that is and you it, can't taste anything for it a while. It may be it may be the worst thing in the world. Well. Whoa. <laughs> what? Maybe what? not the maybe not the worst thing in the world. It is far from the There worst are worse thing things that could have happened to me tonight, Actually, I suppose. You know what? Uh if it makes you feel any better, my tongue is a little weird and I can't taste properly really eat it properly either cuz I made uh wings last night and I made like a dry rub for them and I had like a lot of salt and spices in it and so my tongue like got all like funky like oh yeah yeah you know how it sometimes if you have a lot of salt stuff yeah salt and vinegar chips oh it still is mm. though today so yeah yeah the tongue is a it's a finicky organ there you gotta it's look after you gotta look organ? after it i thought it was a muscle <laughs> you know you know okay Biology here's a little here's a little trivia right here dun, the dun. body's largest organ do you know it um Largest organ. Let me guess. Um, the largest organ. The. Uh, you can only name. If I asked you to name three organs, you could only name three. So. I could name two. <laughs> <laughs> the body's largest organ is the kidney. No, it's your skin. Skin's not organ, the bro. The skin it's is your skin. organ. Skin is your organ. It's your largest organ. You know what I'm going to say from now on every it's time? It's an interesting, little, interesting I... little tidbit. Timbit? Tidbit. <laughs> Come on. That's my that's Next my burnt time. tongue. Don't make fun of me. See, I'm going to be making slip-ups like that. That's why I'm telling you, be prepared for those little slip-ups. Okay, sorry, Victor. I didn't I, mean to bother you like that about your burnt tongue. I'm not writing the tongue tonight. So every time I go uh, to a superstore and get one of those, you know, barbecue roasted chickens, and then when my wife comes in and I'm pulling it apart, but I'm eating the outside, I'm going to say, she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, 
eating the chicken organ. Yeah. <laughs> Is that oh, you know what? <laughs> this this actually true story. What? I've been saying for years. Okay, like, four years. Like one, two, three, four, or no, F-O-R? four years. And and people people. I mean, if there's anyone out there who ever heard me say this, then then please confirm this. But I've okay. been saying for years that if KFC ever put a bucket of skin on sale, I would buy it. <laughs> and I just saw an ad on Facebook the other day that is a new menu item at KFC. Not confirmed. Is chicken that, skin. That may be fake news. But chicken skin, a oh bucket o skin, and if that becomes Dude. if that becomes a real thing, I'll be first in line. Like you're just asking <sighs> for it. I love that crispy chicken skin, man. Can't get enough. Yeah, but your body, if you get a full bucket, original, of, original uh, recipe, chicken skin from KFC. I don't care. There what is nothing better. Is. No, there is well, nothing no, better. Yeah, d- on your on your tongue but not in your body listen i don't care i'll I'll suffer the consequences (laughs) you know i can explain that to you why you need it so bad why brain science oh is it yeah yeah when i did a lot of research on uh um like pornography and addiction and all that kind of stuff yes like that's why it's sad it's 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 satisfying a a a need that i have in my brain oh yeah 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 for sure like it's uh stimuli uh and there's things that are super stimuli and i won't nerd out too much but Basically, sugar is and fats and greasy foods are mm. more are going to stimulate your brain more mm. than a celery stick. So, if, yeah, of course, celery it, sucks. Your brain's going to light up more if you think about crispy skin or bag of chips or mm-hmm. ice cream mm-hmm. or chocolate than it is carrots and celery sticks. But if you can get in the habit of routinely eating healthy food, your brain just naturally like gets in that cycle, and it's a healthy cycle, and it then it wants the good stuff. But Listen, there's I know there's things I I I should get over. I just don't think chicken skin is one of them. <laughs> that's, that's all I'm saying. Next time we podcast, I'm gonna bring you a big old bucket of chicken. Man, skin. I, I may I may duck out in between. <gasps> Let's go right now. Okay, I, see I you may, later, guys. The podcast may, is great. We're I may make a pause. No, let's get on to our topic because this is this is really interesting to me. Um, we, in fact, at Eastside Church, we did a series a number of months ago, same Ooh. title, and uh, we touched on some of these same verses. So this idea it comes. Because you know, oftentimes if you're if you're in church, if you're going to church, even if you're not uh, a Christ follower, and perhaps you're just uh, you you found the podcast and you're just kind of listening along as a yeah. as a uh, outside listener, uh, someone who's just interested in in Christianity, there are verses typically that get used um, in Christendom. Uh, yeah. that people preach on them. Uh, people share them. They put them on mugs. They put them on oh the mugs, the mug. Uh, they put the them eagles. on Christian paraphernalia, <laughs> and they're just twisted. They're they're used incorrectly. They're used out of context, which we're going to get into in a, in a minute with some of these. Mm-hmm. But we wanted to just highlight, you know, four or five um, twisted scriptures. Right. Yeah, and most of them probably are like more Christians, isn't it? But one of them, I think it's the third one, is like. That's I actually find is heavily used in other circles outside of Christianity. It's number two. I would say number, oh, number two, two is is probably the most culturally relevant dun, dun, misused dun, 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 dun. scripture. And we're gonna get to into that. We're gonna get into number two after we talk about after number this break. one. No, we don't take we don't take station identification breaks. <laughs> we're not CBC in 1974. Well, let's do this. Numero uno. Number one. Twisted. I'm gonna do that every time we go into one of them. <laughs> Twisted. Ask for anything in my name, and I will do it. 
This comes from John chapter 14, verse 13 and 14. Lord Jesus, I would like a dump truck full of gold. Yeah. I want to <laughs> win the lottery. I want to marry a model. <laughs> You already did. I want. I did. I'm, <laughs> I married up for sure. So, so it's this. It's this idea, right? And we, we, and and this is this has permeated Christian culture. Yeah. So, so people have this idea that if I ask for anything in the name of Jesus, and in fact, this has worked its way into our prayers, even because I, I'm I'm very careful about this now that I realize that that this is a thing and and people do it you hear people pray and then they say in jesus name i pray yeah. amen that's how they end their prayers there's there's a certain I, I think segment out there and there's a certain idea as long as we say as long as we pray in jesus name then that harkens back to this verse in john chapter 14 where it says and it literally says i'm looking at it right in the bible right now if you that's ask, a sheet of paper if you ask for anything <laughs> it's from the bible Nobody has a Bible anymore. If I you ask for if you ask <laughs> if you ask for anything in my name, I will do it. Wow. So, so it must mean that you just go ahead and ask that and it's done, right? Well, let's talk just about say, it. Why is that why is that twisted? Now let's 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 go ahead and just for context here. Uh, no purpose. Oh. Let's let's put this uh let's put this in context. Let's read it. Wait, but can I just say something first before we actually context it? Because I, I think that that is the problem with a lot of these twisted um, things, scriptures, Bibles, and all that kind of stuff, is that um, people do just read that one little bit without the context and right. then make it to mean what just, yeah, by itself, it could mean that. And so th the thing is that I, and it's interesting once we read the context too, that you'll see that will lend itself towards reality is that if you go to somebody, for instance, somebody's dying, which I've I've heard of this firsthand, mm -hmm. someone who's maybe dying in a family, and like this, well, this is what the Bible says. So then you have to wrestle with the balance of what is faith and how Jesus says, have faith and there will be healing versus, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so you do have true faith that it is possible, but also people abuse it and then also cause a lot of harm when they're trusting or in themselves and they don't believe in God anymore maybe because they believe that if I kept praying for so-and-so they would be healed and then when they weren't and they did die sure um, then they're hurt because this verse says well no they should be healed right yeah and you've touched on on probably some of the danger of of taking verses out of context or twisting verses which is really what we're getting at because a, a lot of harm can be done when you take scripture and twist it. So let me read John 14, right. 13 and 14, verse verse 13, verse 14. And and I think you'll you'll probably pick up the answer to this twisted verse just even reading the the entire verse. So it says uh, verse 13, you can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the son can bring glory to the father. Verse 14, yes, ask for anything in my name and I will do it. I will do it. Yeah. And even in the verse before, it says something about whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works because I'm going to, um, these will he do because I'm going to the Father. So right. even the context of the verse before, you definitely get a sense of, this isn't just a random verse like, okay, ask whatever and you'll get it. Mm -hmm. There's definitely something else going on. So how would you, how would you, what would you say to what's going on around it? Well, it, it, in in context of, of just chapter 14, Jesus just got done dropping some 
pretty big heavies on his disciples. So yeah. he was he was saying, I'm going to leave here. I'm going to be gone. There's things going to be happening. And they were really starting to starting to freak out. I mean, he 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 knew that uh, or they 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 didn't understand what he was what he was getting at, what he was saying. And, uh, you know, so I think when what he was getting at in verse 14 was really about, you know, giving them some uh, some proof Mm-hmm. that that he was what he was saying had some weight behind it right so he was he was really trying to show them that prove to them that he was the son of god that they can trust what he is saying that it's going to be true and and basically that everything is going to be okay so it was, it, it was giving them i i think some comfort uh in in some respects yeah. and uh as as a as a good friend uh would do in, in a situation like that. Yeah. But I think when, and, and we're going to move on to, to a couple of the other ones. We want, don't want to spend too much time in, on, on this, but it, it's important to understand that when we pray, and, and as, as we take this verse and we try not to twist it, we try to make sure that we're using this verse properly, it's important to understand that it's not about what God does for me, but it's that God would be glorified right. through me. Yeah. Right. So, you know, anytime that we pray, obviously we have needs, we have wants, we have desires, we have hopes. You know, if you've ever prayed a prayer, it's probably has has something to do with that. Yeah. But Jesus is saying here that the purpose in him answering our prayer is not necessarily so that we get what we want. But it's that the Father, Father would glory. would be glorified. Yeah, and so yeah. I think sometimes that has to maybe reframe even when we're going through difficult times. Is um, and I've seen some ama- like amazing people do that, where it's like they were asking for certain things and those things weren't getting answered, and yet they knew that the bigger I don't know. It's hard to say it from the other side, but bigger picture and purpose was God's glory and through other avenues that might not have been their answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, what, there's one I always love to go back to. I don't know if you've ever read it in, in uh, First Samuel where uh, uh, there's a guy named Eli. He's like the, the priest in the temple and his sons are, are very evil and sinful. Mm-hmm. And God tells Eli, he's like, you got to go tell your sons to stop or else, mm-hmm. you know, or else you're all going to die basically. Right. And Samuel, he uses Samuel to tell him that. So Eli kind of tells him, but it doesn't happen. And so Samuel gets a prophecy and goes to Eli and says, uh, yeah, God has spoken because of the sins of your sons. They and you will will die. That's the punishment. And his response is like, is literally, and if I think I'm quoting almost exact. It's like, um, it is the Lord. Let him do what is good, mm. what he sees good, right? Right. And, and it was, I, that totally shifted my perspective to be like, no, it's like go be- go beg for your sons, but right, and it's and I'm sure he probably did at times, but the the end thing was, uh, like and it kind of like I said, I kind of reflected with that in here is mm-hmm. that he, he knew that God and trusting God sometimes is difficult, but God's glory and God's plan and purpose um, is the best even when it doesn't seem it, and yeah. so sometimes what I want for me may not be the best. There's tons of times I know I've asked for things that I want and thought was the best for, for me, for the world, for God. And mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, there's a bigger, bigger picture going on outside of this, but yeah, that's great. Yeah. A- actually the, the, the bottom line for this one, I think, and, and the takeaway for, for us should be prayer isn't about getting what you want. 
prayers about getting to know God and and oh put that on Twitter and hashtag you, it. You you talked about that. That that's exactly it, right? That's yeah. that's why that should be the reason why we pray. Sure, right? oh, it yeah. should be should be the reason. And if you have a if you you know string together enough um, days, enough weeks, enough months, years of prayer. I mean, that's the communication where we really get to we really get to know God. Cool. Good. All right. Number two. Twisted. <laughs> Do not judge. Angry board. All right. Number two. Number two. Here we go. Here we go. This and and this is absolutely true. This is the most culturally relevant misquoted verse. It is people in love society this right one. now. Here it people is. Love it. Do not judge lest you be judged. I don't even hear, though, the lest you be judged. I've honestly, anyone who's ever said it to me has never um, said the whole quote, which is from uh, Matthew 7. Most people just say, "Uh, you can't judge me. Well, I I hear that too, but anytime they do recognize that it is a Bible verse, it's interesting that I hear it a lot in full King James. Full King James. Do not judge lest ye be judged. <laughs> I mean, these are from people who would, lest. you know, haven't cracked the the backing on a Bible ever in their life. Whoa. And all That's su- judgmental and, right there. Do not su- judge them. And all of a sudden they went full King James. Victor, don't judge them lest you be judged. You know what's happening though here? This, this usually happens when, th- this is what they're really saying or what we are really saying. I, I don't know if I've ever used this or not or twisted this verse. Twisted. <laughs> I've twisted plenty of others, but not this one. This is what people usually mean. Okay. You have no right to tell me how to live. Okay. You're a sinner too. <laughs> live. Let me live my life. You live your life. Get out of my bedroom. Uh, you know, leave me alone. Get out of my bedroom. It doesn't Whoa, matter. Get out of my bedroom. Get out of my bed. It, well, it usually everything. What are you talking everything about? Get comes out of ba- my bedroom. Everything comes back to sex. Oh, that's usually what they're talking about. <laughs> But instead of it coming back to sex, it needs to come back to the Bible. It has to be biblical. So we should get biblical. Oh, my goodness. Let's get biblical. biblical. <laughs> I, knew that, I knew that was coming. <laughs> we're going to get biblical. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We're not, we're not going there right now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so. That sounded great, though. Thank you. you so, yeah, guys. killed it. Further on, it says we're not going to get into it much, but. Basically, clean up your act before you're gonna go around telling other people what how to do with yours. So obviously, another one's perfect. So don't be a hypocrite. If you're gonna say something, don't be a hypocrite. Work on yourself. Exactly. Well, the, and <laughs> let's let's read this. Let's read this passage. Then let's read this verse. Okay. Okay. And we'll we'll try to keep things in context because that's usually what happens when things get twisted. It gets taken out of context. People just read what they want to read. So here okay. it is, Matthew chapter seven, verse one and two. It says, "Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in yeah. the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the same measure you use, it will be measured to you." So basically, Jesus is not saying here that we cannot judge. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's where the verse gets twisted. Right. What he's actually saying, and he goes on, he goes on in in the rest of the passage, actually to to tell us that. Uh, well, verse three says, "Why do you look at the speck and sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye?" So, if I like my version better, it says the log. <laughs> the, yeah, the log. The log. <laughs> <laughs> the fact of the matter is, is that if we were intellectually consistent with this idea of do not judge, Mm -hmm. we would not be able to ever 
pay a speeding fine. It, like, we would never do that. Why? Well, because you can't judge me. The police <laughs> officer has no judge. But you broke no, the law. He, he has no right to tell me that I can't do 140 on the 425 on the way to Sunny Corner. I would love to see that. Next time you get pulled over, I'm hoping sitting beside you. And he says, uh, sir, you are going... <laughs> 40 over the speed limit. Don't judge me. Listen, I've, I've tried it. I got three speeding tickets in one year one time. What? Yeah, my, my kids were calling me one, one point wonder. One point wonder. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Have a, I have a problem with speeding. So also uh, in Corinthians, uh, Paul actually tells um, them, actually, it's in, very interesting. He tells them to judge, but the Christians. So there is definitely an idea between behind there needs to be a working out within the circle, within the circle, yeah. or within the household, um, as you had mentioned earlier when we were talking, um, that within the household, there are house rules. <laughs> I'm stealing Victor's thunder, but anyways, basically, it's like looking on the inside, you want to you want to work through things, right? right. Um, but again, the whole thing comes down to work on yourself first then help others. And I even go back to Galatians 6 where it says, bear each other's burdens. Yeah. Or if you approach someone with sin, do it in love and grace yeah. to help them not yeah. to be a douchebag jerk. Yeah. So Jesus Jesus Come wasn't on. Jesus wasn't saying that you cannot judge. He was saying, don't be a hypocrite. Yeah. Don't judge hypocritically. Right. He was saying, he was saying, and, and, and I mean, other scriptures back this up too. Don't be superficial in your judging. You're not going to judge based on first impressions or the, right. the, the first, you know, your first knowledge of what what's going on. What you had already mentioned, we don't hold non-Christians to Christian standards. That's that's the whole idea behind that. I have rules in my home. I don't expect my neighbor to have those same rules. Good. I'm so, coming in your house and not so, hiding by your <laughs> Right. <laughs> no, if you're in... Ha- it, it, that's oh, the thing. If oh, you're if in I'm my in house, house, you Ooh, follow by, by my, my rules. rules. Right, but uh, so but we're so guilty of that within the within Christendom within the church what? of holding those who are outside of the faith outside of Christianity the same rules yeah. that we hold. What are, What are you gonna do Don't if do I come that. in your house and do, break one of your rules? I will ask you to leave the premises. Okay, that's better than I thought. I was gonna tell you you're like spank me or something. No. Okay. Awesome. All right. It's twisted. What's the, what's the next one? Number three. Okay, when we're when we mentioned the the coffee mug one, this oh, is the classic, classic classic coffee mug. If you ever had a coffee mug with a Bible verse on it, it was Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, which says doozy. I love this one. I hate this one. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope. And a future, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. That sounds amazing, actually. That is amazing. It's an amazing verse. That's amazing. That's so good. Twisted. God wants to give us all this prosperous stuff. Yeah. So Why this, is it twisted? This verse works really well when um, you're a young person and you're mm-hmm. on your way to college and you're trying to really figure out, man, is this the right decision? Yeah. God has plans for me. Yeah, plans for me to prosper. <laughs> this works really good when you're starting a well, bi- yeah, so starting that, a business. So isn't that a good thing though? Then, like, what's the what's wrong with that though? I'm getting to that. Oh, okay. This Sorry. works. This works very well when you're starting a business. Okay. And you don't. You, you're wondering, hey, should I start this business? 
Should I take this risk? Mm-hmm. And then you look up Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, or someone <laughs> slips it on a piece of paper and slides it over to you, and you turn it over, and it's like so revealing, and it's like, yes, this is a word from the Lord. He has a plan for me to prosper. prosper yes. This business is going to prosper. And it will be for evil. It's going to do well. He's going to give me a future. Twisted. Why is it twisted, though? It seems pretty good. Well, when you look at it in context... The problem with this verse is it's very specific to a people, a group of people. Right. Yep. That is not you. Right. Yep. Right? Yep. So, er, yeah, because earlier in, earlier in the chapter, he's definitely being clear that as Jeremiah is giving this word from the Lord, as a prophet giving a word to that specific people, it was for, like I just said, specific people. It was for Israel, right? Right. Because they were in exile at the time. So it's not like he's just going off willy-nilly being like, here, everybody, there's this great verse for you. In fact, he's saying this is for uh, a specific people group for that time, right? Right. And you don't even have to go ba- that far back in nope. this chapter to, to realize. You go back to Jeremiah, just 10 verses before that, and you can you can see that the this this passage is being written to the elders mm-hmm. who are in exile. So so the very specific group right. that is not for you. And and one of the problems, of course, and we, we talked about this earlier too, one of the problems when we start taking scripture and we start twisting it, a lot of bad things can happen and a lot of bad theology can happen. This right. is one of the verses that is used for the yeah. whole prosperity gospel movement where this you have this idea that if you are if you are blessed mm-hmm. by God, then you will be prosperous. Right. You will be wealthy. You will have material wealth uh, in this world. Yeah. And if you're not blessed, then you're a poor person. Right. Which is not at all what Jesus reflects in the New Testament. He talks about giving all you have. Like he, he talks about almost um, becoming poor to become rich in the kingdom or being yeah. persecuted to be blessed in the kingdom. Even yeah. the understanding of when you see that it's to Israel and what it's all about is the fact that Israel is in exile, and he says in earlier verses that he's going to come and fulfill the promise saying that uh, the, the, your purpose, Israel, wasn't to always be in exile or in slavery, mm-hmm. right? So I'm actually going to come and deliver you. And he says that I'm going to bring you back to this place. And in bringing you back to this, you're going to be prospering. You're going to be blessed. I'm going to give you this hope. Um, and, and, and then it says in the next verse, you'll call upon me and come and pray to me and I'll hear you. So it's all about the deliverance right. of Israel. It's all right. about their salvation from <laughs> slavery. It's right. nothing to do and, with. And then the passage goes on to say when this will happen. Right? Yeah. When, yeah. It says, it says uh, uh, when 70, 70 years are completed. Right. 70 years. So, <laughs> so if, you're, if you're calling, if this is a life verse for you and you're, you're naming and claiming this verse for yourself, then you only have 70 years to wait for, that, right. for that prosperity. And not only just wait 70 years, but it's not a good, fun 70 years. Like, this wasn't 70 years of like, yay! It no. was 70 bad years of exile right. and slavery until they finally were delivered and right. quote-unquote prosper. I'm not, so, I'm not convinced you want to claim this uh, as your verse. In fact, you claim it. It's actually probably... <laughs> That's probably a bad thing. So so take this verse in context. Take it in, in, in context to a lot of the verses that we have in the, in the New Testament, right? 
2 Timothy 3.12. In fact, everyone who wants to be, who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. That's what 2 Timothy promises. Mm. So uh, Philippians 1.29, for it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. So mm. so it, looking at, and there's so many other verses, I mean, right. the, this idea of following Jesus and being like Jesus means that we will suffer like Jesus. They they didn't like Jesus. They won't like you. He suffered. You'll suffer. <laughs> you'll suffer. And, uh, you know, that's just the, that's just the reality of, of yeah. following Jesus. Yep. Quit twisting, twisting verses. Quit twisting. <laughs> we, listen, we already talked about what my tongue went through with that latte earlier. All right. Number four? Number three. Number four? Number three. What are we on? Number four. Sorry. No, number four. Come on. <laughs> number four. Here's here's a good one too. This is this is good. Uh, and this is I'm gonna I'm gonna say it the way it's usually twisted. Okay. okay? Money is the root of all evil. Oh uh, yeah. Money is the root of all evil. Yeah. And uh, that's why did you just say I'm gonna say it how it's normally said? Because it's misquoted. This is this okay. is the problem with this verse. It's often misquoted. So let me uh share the verse read the verse as it is written in the bible first timothy 6:10 says for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil oh. so looking at it in context um and and actually quoted properly completely changes the the meaning of it yeah. Uh, not yeah. only not only that, <clears throat> even even looking at it that way, the, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. You you may be very quick to let yourself off the hook and say, "Oh, well, that's talking about some other greedy sucker that uh, never has enough and mm-hmm. uh, will do anything to make more money." Right? And so it's easy for us to let ourselves off the hook. The problem with that is 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 that the definition of loving money is made very clear in Scripture as well. Ecclesiastes 5.10 says, Whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. And how many of us, Sam, yourself included, nope, not to get picky, but would say Mm-mm, that they could nope. use a little bit more? I'm pretty good. How many of us would say <laughs> we could use a little bit more? I could use a lot more. I could use a TBH. lot more. Okay, <laughs> so if you're if you're listening and you could you would admit you're brave enough to admit that at the end of the month there's more month than money, and you could probably use a yeah. little bit more. Then you are in danger of being a lover of money. Well, it is interesting as I've been reading through the rest of it. There's two things that I noticed. One is there's this desire to be rich. Um, there's this desire for lots of wealth which can cause, like it, call, it says, a snare. That's kind of an interesting word, like the trap type thing. And it says that actually that because of this craving and this desire and love for money, people have wandered away. So um, that the idea of like twisting it to be like loving money is the root of all evil and mm-hmm. instead of, um, or money being the root of all evil, where it's actually where you're trying to chase after this wealth. Right. And it can lead to a lot of evil. Um, but the flip side of that is in earlier verses was amazing. It's just, it's just this idea of contentment. So godliness with contentment right. is great 
gain. But if we have food and clothing with these, we'll be content. Like mm-hmm. the, if you have the base, if you have what you truly need, mm-hmm. not just want, but need, then, then you should be content with that, which is super hard. And actually I'd go as far to say, especially in an Americanized world, like mm-hmm. in our, in Western culture, this is something that we don't fully realize yeah, that this being is content a huge, with just huge food and clothing yeah. and that's enough and that's good for our contentment where we have every, we have beyond what we need. Right. You know, yeah. we, we really do. Like when I was in, I went to Kenya a few years ago and to, for me to go around quoting this, these scripture verses would, would not be, I feel like right or fair or oh, nice no. to the, because some people literally are like, I'm trying to be content with literal just food and clothes and that's it. Right. Right. And I'm sitting like all cushioned, comfy with new iPhones and nice, you know, new everything and what I want and chasing after stuff. And yeah. First, first Timothy six, uh, chapter six, verse six says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Uh, it gives this idea that the richest are not, the richest people are not those who have the most, but but those who need the least, which is what you mm, you, you just shared, right? What do we really need? What do we really need in life? This was such an important... Just Jesus and you, Victor. <laughs> yeah, and coffee. <laughs> That's also, I see that a lot in mugs. All I need is a little bit of coffee and a whole lot of Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> not necessarily in that order. Twisted. Twisted. Anything else? Anyone? This. Those are. Those are four of the kind of the biggies. The biggies. Yeah, that's right. You had mentioned a uh, an earlier. Well, I don't know. Problem. This, but this one always. This one always. This one always irks me. Yeah, sure. That's it's good. Irks me too. Okay, now, fine. Now that you. Now that you told. <laughs> now that you told me, I need to be irked. <laughs> I'm well, hurt too. I'm I'm downright mad. Yeah. Um okay, so this is one I hear a lot of um is like people will talk about yeah, you put your faith in Jesus and you'll be able to conquer all your giants. And so inevitably they always end up going to the story of David and Goliath, right? Mm. So they go slaying to, giants. Well, that's the thing. David was this small little boy because he had faith in God. He was able to kill this giant. And if you have faith in God, you can conquer your giants in your life, such as depression or fear or so many other things. Right. So what are the what are the five stones that you were going to What are the five stones you are going to defeat this right. giant with? So the problem with that, and they're all alliterated. They all start with a P. <laughs> peer pressure oh no wait that's a good no you no. want good things yeah uh, patience peace yeah uh, p- uh perseverance perseverance pleasure in the lord and finally <laughs> man that was a stretch yeah that was a stretch. <laughs> so the problem with this is that we've taken a actual historical story that has in context a literal word and we've taken our modern day idea of what it means for, for instance, to say this is a giant mm-hmm. is actually a modern day usage of the word. Whereas, whereas the actual term what they're using is is a person of big stature. Right, they're large, large people. So nowhere in this context are they using that term. What it what it does is. Like I said, us in our culture, we're, well, no, but we can, you know, giants is a figurative thing. Okay, no, it, was, it wasn't. It was literally a, a small guy right. 
fighting a big guy. Now, Andre the Giant is just Andre the Giant. Exactly. When, when he battled Hulk in <laughs> in WrestleMania, and someone will know the number, comment below with the number, WrestleMania, yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, he was just a giant. Yeah, great, and so great, the, great the thing is, the thing is, is, is then it's like, well, what we have to have a point for the story, and it's like it's very clear in the text if you read it the whole way through, it makes it very clear as the per, as to the purpose of why David defeated Goliath, mm. and it wasn't to make a representative for us now to say, well, we can defeat our quote unquote giants of fear and depression and all these things, mm-hmm. right? The reason why it happened is, um, is is uh and i had it up here okay it says that all the earth may know that there is a god in israel this is in first samuel 17 by the way and that all this assembly may know that the lord saves not with sword and spear for the battles the lord's and he will give you into uh our hand and so it's a constant theme through the old testament is that is that god is uh israel's salvation right mm-hmm. and he shows himself as being yahweh god powerful yeah. over all yeah by displaying these amazing acts, yeah. right? And and people who are defying Israel, he was saving them to show them and show Israel that he is God and he is their God, right? right? So what we do take away from it is that God is a, a loving, saving God mm-hmm. who his chosen people, he he will save and he is there to provide for, right? So so if you're if you're sharing this verse and and the gospel does not come across clearly yeah. in your presentation of the story of Daniel and Goliath, you've actually missed David. the Or David. Yeah. You've actually <laughs> missed the point. You've missed it, yeah. Right? You've missed the point. And this is need... this is a gospel presentation. It, it Honestly, a lot of times now that I'm reading through the Old Testament and what I've... It's like um, uh, Matt Chandler said this a lot. He's like, stop being so egotistical to put yourself in all the Old Testament stories, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like we always plop ourselves into the person. It's not about you. No, and what you're it not is... You're not David. No, you're not. It's, but what it is, it is good and beneficial and useful. What it's meant to do is to tell you a story about uh, people and about God. And yeah. then you take those truths mm-hmm. to see what is it that this is showing about God? Now, how can I put myself in it? And then those things will show as truthful and reflected in the New Testament towards us, right. such as God is loving, God is salva- brings salvation. Those kinds of things are true, which we see reflected from a lot of Old Testament So stuff. I'm not so David slaying the giant. You're not David. You're not... Am I uh, the stone? You're not Jonah. You're not Am I the stone? Am I the stone? What stone? That David slew the giant with? <laughs> what? Am no. I the giant? No. Am I, am I the armor that Saul tried to put on David? No. You know what you are? Am I the brook? You're really confusing me. Am right I the now, brook that David <laughs> took the stones from? <laughs> Where am I in this story? You're the guy who's like standing at the back being like, no, I'm too scared I'm to too fight scared. Goliath. Oh, I can't no. do it. I'm scared. Am I? Am I really? Yeah, you are. You didn't trust God. You don't trust God. Or am I the one that benefited from the power of God delivering you know, the children of Israel? Ooh. I've wrestled you before. I think That's you're close. Goliath. Um, I'm David. I may. <laughs> oh, and you're going to defeat me. Weird. Yeah. I it's see. like tricky. This is the funny thing I always thought about this story is it's like you got this big, strong fighter who's skilled in battle mm-hmm. and then a shepherd, right? Mm-hmm. And it seems, honestly, it's a big letdown to me when I read this story. Like I'm picturing like in movies where you have these two great warriors fighting and the one who's the strongest, most skilled person wins. 
you had this young teenage guy who like was like gotcha like shoots this little rock at him hits him in the head and kills him i'm like what a letdown it would not make a good movie (laughs) no it would did did you watch the beginning of the beginning of the movie troy oh my favorite movie yeah i'm not kidding troy is probably brad pitt where he runs and dives to the air and that, slices yeah, him right exactly. In so, oh. so that, that I mean, that's what it was. Like they they pushed out this big this big you know brute. But that's and, a little different. At least at least Achilles like went for him and was like by force. He didn't he didn't stand back at the line and be like, well, I guess I'll ping a little rock at him and see if I can get him. I don't know, dude. He ran straight at him and dove through the air with his sword and sliced him. Well, David had to step out in the field. He went out in front. I would think that there was there was some kind of epic music in the background <laughs> while he was doing that. Do you know the kid, classic effects. kid song? Uh, only a boy named and then, you know, yes. boy named David, and then it gets to the part with the rock. Oh my goodness! And they went round and round and round and round and round and round and Kids love that song. Yeah, we still haven't done our kids song podcast yet Maybe that's coming for this next. all right is that everything that's all the twisted verses we have for today i guess what i would just say is an encouragement and this is very difficult it takes extra work but yeah. i would encourage you as i've been encouraged actually today as i listen to another podcast mm-hmm. to go place yourself uh uh not place yourself in the foot the person the story's about but place yourself in the place of who, the the immediate person that was reading that text right what were they reading in light of what was going on around them, yeah. in light of their language, in light of their culture, in light of their understanding, mm-hmm. so that way we get, and in the context of the rest of the scripture, so that way we get the correct understanding yeah. of what's being communicated. The correct exegesis. Extra that's, Jesus. That's what we need, ex, ex, exegesis. That's good. Don't read yourself into the story or read it here or read into the text you're supposed to be drawing truth out of the text and and uh all scripture is equally inspired but no not all scripture is equally important so, so make sure that you're uh, reading it correctly yeah. well great i hope you've gleaned some ideas and some truth from i also i as well these, hope these, you have gleaned something from these going ons <laughs> tonight <laughs> Uh, do we have any listener mail? No, we don't. Okay, please comment and one of us go and and talk. Uh, write a review, a five star review, please, and comment and share this podcast with your friends and your enemies. Your enemies may need to be involved in this podcast as well. And remember, judge not, lest you be judged. <laughs> That's right. Most important. <laughs> Well, good. It was good to be with you guys. Thanks for listening. We love you all. Bless you.